welcome to the In General Podcast. My name is Jack, and I'm joined with Christopher Pugh. How's it going? It is going not too bad, buddy. How are you? Yeah, and not too bad. It's a beautiful, rainy Sunday afternoon. <laughs> we finally had rain here. It's been sunny for about three months, dry. All the really? vets dried up. Wow. Yeah, and, uh, past uh, this weekend, it's just been hammering it down. Oh, yeah, it's we've... Been nice. We've had plenty, plenty of rain, although we've had a lot of hot ones as well. But yeah, no, there's been plenty of rain around here. It's refreshing. It's nice to see uh, the streams running again. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> yeah, I, I've um, lived at a good spot where like, I'm getting a lot of the East Coast rain, but not getting the East Coast flooding. So it's a good, uh, happy, it's a good happy mix. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of the best of both right now. <laughs> it's certainly worse places to be. Um, yeah, so... The podcast, news, Jurassic Park, those are tags and keywords. Hashtags. Um, <laughs> but I guess the uh, most pressing thing to discuss is the CinemaCon footage. Yeah. So I- I'm sure that everybody listening to this at this point is familiar with at least that there's been like a little bit of a uh, marketing blitz. A weird marketing blitz, but a marketing blitz nonetheless. We're a little like block of uh, Jurassic News dropped, uh, starting with, I think it was Jurassic World Evolution 2's trailer, then the CinemaCon footage, then Jurassic World Aftermath. Um, but CinemaCon is obviously the highlight of all of that. Yeah, so CinemaCon is an event that's put on for uh, movie studios, theater owners, things like that, right? In Las Vegas. Yeah, it's like a trade show. Preview footage. Yeah, it's a trade show. Um, and they've done it before. Obviously, Jurassic has been there before. I think Jurassic World was there. I think Fallen Kingdom was there. Um, but this time, it seemed journalists were able to describe the footage that was shown in explicit detail, uh, which I don't remember happening for the past two movies. I don't think... I think for the past two movies, what they showed was very limited, and then oftentimes if they showed anything more, it was behind closed doors. So typically, it would be like, oh, they got a very, very limited public preview type thing that they could uh, talk about, and then anything else that was a little bit more intensive in terms of footage was for the behind closed doors like audience, and this time they did it differently, and it's strange, it's, it's a very strange way to hear about the return of the original trio or um, whatnot for the first time. Yeah, no, it really is. It's, um, I think it's, everybody was anticipating it. Everybody knows that that was something that's coming, uh, seeing, you know, the original trilogy. But we haven't seen them on screen yet. We haven't seen them in a trailer or a teaser or even a, a photo. Mm-mm. So it's it's a big thing. And um, while the CinemaCon footage obviously isn't coming out, hasn't come out, um, it's, it it's, I guess the thing for me, I get, ultimately it comes down to the Dilophosaurus, right? They can yeah. describe all the footage they want, but... The fact that the Dilophosaurus is a dinosaur that has not been seen since the very first Jurassic Park. That's not how you should find out it's in the movie. It's Honestly, no. it probably shouldn't have been in marketing. I mean, outside of leaks or whatnot, nobody should have known that Dilophosaurus is in Jurassic World Dominion until they sat down in theaters and saw it. But if they were going to put it in marketing, it should have been in the... Tra- it shouldn't have been... Um, You should have been able to see it first, not hear about it first, I guess. is like like everybody reasonably everybody should have had the opportunity to see the Dilophosaurus at the same time and be surprised by it rather than going, Oh, Dilophosaurus is back. Cool. What? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. It seems odd that a a journalist was able to describe that. And that's kind of how we found out. Maybe there should have been an embargo on some of the things they could have said. Yeah. But how do you do that? Like you can't give people like, Oh, you can talk about this, but you can't talk about that. 
most people wouldn't know well to be difference. fair we we have the same with camp cretaceous we get given a list of things we can and can't say before and after the release so sure, it, but- it would technically be the same same thing you just say to them you know you can describe certain scenes but don't describe specifics don't describe the dinosaurs you see just say dinosaurs I think there's just many ways they could have avoided that. And I guess it wasn't intentional, but spoiling something that's been a a, a fan favorite and something people have wanted since the first one uh, to appear in a movie and kind of spoiling it in that way. It's just odd because, as you said, it it would have been such a great reveal in a trailer. Imagine if we all saw it together. Yeah, just like the stinger of the trailer or something like that. But honestly, the way that that uh, footage was described and in a few, you can maybe go do a rundown of everything that was described. But um, the footage that was described read a lot more like a behind closed doors presentation for theater owners and that's typically what they will see like the people that own theaters and distribution centers to give them an idea of what they're going to be putting in their cinemas and why they want to carry this movie what they showed is not typically what CinemaCon gets for a first look um if nobody's seen anything from the movie CinemaCon usually doesn't get big um explosive features like that for journalists so it's a little bit of a weird thing where it seems like it was something that was cut for one audience, um, which is more of the behind closed doors audience, and then they opted to show it to the journalist audience, which again, it's just it's weird because like imagine if like with the Force Awakens, like if you read about Luke Skywalker's return or something like that, like like it was talked about, like yeah, Luke Skywalker standing on a mountain, blah blah. It's just like a or like the Chewie were home scene if it was like described first, like outside. It's like no, you you want to have that happen as a candid reaction where everybody can see it at the same time. Um, you know, it's also just there are things in there that just shouldn't have been in a trailer, um, ultimately. Yeah, but for sure, it sounds like a really good featurette. It just sounds like something that would be put out like a month before the film comes out. Yeah, so it sounded like a complete sort of behind the scenes. There was interviews with cast members, interviews with Colin describing. I think the main question was, you know, would we would humans survive in a world populated by dinosaurs? The answer is no, <laughs> obviously. Um, yeah, I don't understand why that's being said like it's a new profound concept when it's literally the concept of every movie so far. Um, <laughs> yeah, and like, then the argument is obviously, well, no, they're talking about on the mainland. It's like it's the same it's principle. It's really you the same difference. Humans and dinosaurs together, they're going to run. Um, <laughs> but it's, uh, you know, it sounded like a really great behind the scenes. We had Laura Dern and Sam Neill and Jeff Goldblum talking about their time working on the first movie and then working on this one. And that's something that everybody wants to see. I, I believe the footage began with Steven Spielberg on set of the original Jurassic Park, and he was describing a film prop to uh, Joseph Maslow, so the kid that plays Tim, and it was the it was Hammond's cane, the amber cane. And I believe he was describing the actual mosquito, saying, you know, this is where it all began. And I think, as we've seen with some of the early marketing for Dominion, the posters and things like that, we know amber is playing a big theme. I think that mosquito, John Hammond's amber cane john hammond's amber the mosquito i think it all comes back it it goes full circle in this movie so they're obviously focusing on that and then the movie cuts uh sorry the featurette cuts between uh, those kind of interviews with people like colin and footage from the movie and there was many many shots of um different environments there was snowy environments desert environments there was european cities there was uh seen with Claire running along rooftops, uh, which um, reminded people of Sarah Harding in The Lost World. There was a scene that I sounds really cool to me of um, Chris Pratt, Bryce Dallas Howard, dropping down into a sort of like... A tomb or something? Indiana yeah. Jones-style tomb. I was reading about that, and I was like, I wonder what is going on. Like, you know, like, like know. how does the movie go there? That sounds awesome. Um, what a unexpected environment. 
it is going to be exciting that a Jurassic movie finally has new environments to work with. And we know we're getting snow. We know we're getting European cities like Malta or whatever that stands in for. Uh, if it's Malta, not Malta is Malta. Itself. Malta is Malta. Malta's Malta. Yeah. Okay. Um, we know that. Yes. We do. Yes, there, there was an image. There's um, some merchandise that came out. Or didn't come out, but, you know, merchandise images. Sure, yeah. sure. Merchandise seems to be the key yeah. now. Look for puzzles on Amazon and you'll find <laughs> Dominion spoilers. <laughs> yeah, so silly. Uh, um, yeah. Uh, but it's, it's yeah, there's some really exciting footage. And then they said there was a sequence of original trilogy members with the new cast looking up at a T-Rex in a forest, which is no doubt the original T-Rex who is in California somewhere, uh, as we saw in the IMAX preview. I suppose. I wouldn't be surprised if they can't tell the difference between their species, though, and that might not even be a T-Rex. It could be something else entirely, so... Could be the Giga. Could be that. Could be... Al- I mean, they, I could see them mistaking a Carnotaurus or an Allosaurus for a T-Rex also, so I think we'll have to wait and see what species that is, but... For sure. I have to admit, so basically, we, we, we put together a video, so if you, if you haven't checked it out already, there'll be a link in the description. You can watch our breakdown of the footage, um, but I read, I read about 10, 15 different write-ups and tweets and stuff on what people had Mm -hmm. seen and compiled it all and there were a lot of glaring um, you know contradictions but not you know somebody trying to lie just people you know it apparently was all very quick quick and snappy 90 seconds very snappy people tried to describe and only one article if I remember correctly actually described the Dilophosaurus Um, yeah um, it's very interesting it you, must have been a very quick shot. Brief shot, but it is interesting because there's a lot of mainstream sort of like geek blogs and whatnot that wrote about it, and you'd think that they would be cued in and be like, yo, even if they can't remember the name, yo, that spitter from the first movie was there. But only sure. one only one highlighted that. Um I think one of the one of the other cool scenes that I'm excited for is a scene where they described uh Owen riding on horseback chasing dinosaurs. Uh that yes. sounds that sounds like it could be a lot of cool. I'm imagining he's like wrangling them up or something like well, that. Well they actually described it as a Riding on the back of a dinosaur. Yeah, that one's wrong. He's riding on the back of a horse. All the other ones say he's riding on the back of a horse. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes a little bit more sense. But then at the end of the day, it's Jurassic World franchise. I wouldn't. I wouldn't put it past him to have him riding yeah. a dinosaur. Yeah, he's apparently <laughs> riding a horse and chasing dinosaurs. But the one said like he's riding a dinosaur, being chased by dinosaurs. But all, some of the being other being chased ones, by horses. <laughs> <laughs> But um, yeah, he's apparently riding horseback chasing dinosaurs, which is cool because with Jurassic World Evolution 2, I think that we might be able to get a set, uh, feeling for the setting of the beginning of the movie, which is like wrangling dinosaurs up and whatnot. And I kind of imagine that maybe maybe Owen's job is like a dino wrangler at that point in the world. Like he's mm-hmm. got the experience and uh, non-lethal dino wrangling. He's got the experience. He's got the looks. Yeah, he's he, got the charm. Yeah, he, he looks like he should be riding a horse and I think it happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, no, that's uh, that'll be interesting. Colin's made it very, very kind of adventure Western inspiration there. Yeah, uh, it does seem very Indiana Jones. Most of the descriptions did say Mission Impossible meets Indiana Jones meets Jurassic Park, and I think if you listen back to our podcast from years ago when we first started hearing about Jurassic World three, you know, I think we all definitely summarized at some point. It sounds like it's going to be a Mission Impossible, yeah, movie like a globe trotting adventure, globe trotting, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, hopefully it all pulls together and all makes sense. There seems like there's so much to this movie, uh, such a variety of stuff. But some of the leaked uh, Malta footage, not footage, uh, and you mean images? Well, the photographs oh. and the footage of you know Owen driving around. Oh, on motorcycle. a motorcycle. Some of that stuff was described. Uh, you know, being chased by so, the Velociraptors. 
Yeah, so we know that now being chased by the Atrociraptors. Most of the descriptions called them Velociraptors. Yes, yeah. <laughs> to be fair, but I mean... Who knows you know, the I don't know. The they they look raptor-like. I mean, they look different. You can tell they're different. But the problem uh, is yeah. the problem is that the Jurassic Park franchise and Jurassic World franchise is played so fast and loose with redesigning its species, its animals within the same species that now that we're getting like different types of raptors... It's like, well, I'm used to the Velociraptor design changing so much, so who's to say it's not a Velociraptor unless the movie says, these are Atrociraptors, which are a real dinosaur, by the way. They are, they are <laughs> indeed, yeah. See, we missed you on that one. <laughs> we couldn't figure it out. We don't have Google. I mean, they sound, I mean, a name like that seems so marketing. I mean, it's very, you know, Indominus or Diabolus it, Rex. That's what we speculate. Yeah. It sounds like Diabolus Rex and things like that. You remember when the Indominus was called that? Yeah, oh man. We had those, somebody the sent D-Rex. us those, those photos of the uh, Indominus Rex paddock, but it was, it was, all the signage was D-Rex. Yeah. Diabolus Rex. Um, man, what time? You know, I mean, the rap, we've said it before, we've said it in the past, like, when we found out about the Indoraptor, we're like, why is it an Indoraptor? Why isn't it just an evil raptor squad, basically? Like, that makes the most sense. Like, and I get the feeling the Atrociraptors are going to fill that role. There's four of them. They've got names. They seemingly are chasing Owen, so it's like the inverse of, like, his raptor squad. Like, I'm guessing this is the continuation of that plot thread is my best definitely. best guess. It makes it makes the most sense. I mean, somebody named them, so they seem well, like... Well, we definitely need some evil raptors back. Yeah, I mean, I would prefer... I prefer raptors. wild raptors. I would genuinely oh, very yeah. much prefer wild raptors over, like, captivity, like, like specifically designed raptors. Like, each of them look different. Um... And it's like, okay, I kind of miss when, like, you knew what a species looked like, and then the dimorphism was like, you know, sexual dimorphism or whatnot. Um, but I don't know. They they do look, what we've seen of the Atrociraptors, they do look really cool. They fit the Jurassic aesthetic pretty well. They've got these weird, like, boxy faces, but they also look very, from some of the angles on some of the renders that leaked out on the puzzles, they look very Crash McCreary. There's the one, I think its name is Red, and the pose on it really reminds me of that, uh, that old drawing. Is that the like, red one? yeah. Yeah, the red one is red. <laughs> but it reminds me of the pose when uh, that old piece of concept art when the three raptors are chasing the fence, uh, jumping at the fence for Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. Uh, Red's render is like exactly in that pose and like the face has got that same shape and everything of the head in that angle. I'm like, I feel like that's where the inspiration came from. So, I mean, because if you're following rumors, you know that the Atrociraptors were in early in development. They were called Deinonychus before they swatched or switched over to uh, Atrociraptors. And in that concept art, the raptors there in that Jurassic Park concept art were Deinonychus, so it kind of goes full Deinonychus circle. Deinonychus is a species of raptor too. It right? is another species, but another it's a species, species we know a lot more about than Atrociraptor, and from what I've seen of those renders, um, th- their head shape does not match that, that of a Deinonychus, so they probably went, yeah, we're too far off model, Let, what else does this look like? And Atrociraptor is basically only known from a jaw fragment, so they had a lot of room to play with speculation there, so... They, they, yeah, that, that makes it yeah. fair, I guess, especially because you consider these are not in-gen bred dinosaurs. We know I guess not. they're more than likely going to be another company, whether it's Biosynth, uh, probably going to be Biosynth at this ma- point. But Unless it's Manticore. Yeah. Manticore. Uh, how do you genuinely think Manticore is going to tie in, if at all? I think that Manticore was designed as a sort of a MacGuffin that because they weren't allowed to use Biosyn in the way they wanted to use Biosyn, so they introduced Manticore and didn't really think of it 
didn't think that fans were going to latch onto it as much as they did and didn't have a big giant plan. I'll be curious to see if Colin incorporated Manticore as an Easter egg due to people being like, Manticore, what the fuck? Like, oh, you know, um, <laughs> all those YouTube videos. Yeah. What and who are Manticore? <laughs> I could see Manticore getting threaded in, but I, I, I imagine that when they went with Manticore for uh, Camp Cretaceous, there probably wasn't some grand master plan. I think it was a, no, I think it was a Biosyn in- parable and it's likely that whatever the story that Dominion has with Biosyn, it's likely that it wouldn't make sense for Biosyn to be stealing Sinoceratops DNA in 2015. That's why. No, no, that's no, why I think they changed like, it. It just didn't make sense. Yeah. But I think in season three of Camp Cretaceous, uh, Doctor Wu confirmed that Mills was running the Manticore show. Mm-mm. He was the boss. No, no, I don't think that's what. I don't think that's what it was. I, I think we found out that Mills is the boss of Wu at like that time, like Mills. But I don't think it has anything to do with Manticore. Because why would because Wu was already working for um, Mills, so then why would Mant- Mills need to steal DNA without like Wu's help? But it then just, maybe Manticore just. I think Manticore just sort of a MacGuffin to push the plot along and to create drama with Sammy. Um, to be honest with you, I mean it would be cool if they incorporate them more. I hope Camp Cretaceous makes it make sense, and it would be really cool if Dominion ties it in. But I don't think it was originally designed as like some sort of some sort of grand master plan. But it would be cool if they are the ones that are behind the Atrociraptors or something, if it's not Biosyn. Yeah, either way, I mean, it would be interesting. Um, We know that there's a hell of a lot of new species in this uh, movie and a lot of feathered dinosaurs. So obviously that's not in-gen. could be tied to Wu, but either way, uh, Biosyn are definitely heavily into breeding their own dinosaurs at this point yeah i mean hell for all we know although i don't know maybe this doesn't make sense but for all we know the nosotoceratops from big rock maybe that's a biosyn dinosaur i'm not sure if that would really make sense because why would it be free at the same time as like the alice you know the engine dinosaurs but sure it also was never on engines list but then again plenty of dinosaurs weren't and they sort of show up when they decide like hey this would be a cool dinosaur to bring into the movie so you know, yeah, people won't question it. <laughs> <laughs> so, but the cinema cinema con footage did sound really interesting, and uh, while obviously it sounded like the kind of thing that should be released as a, it sounded like a genuine featurette, like you would get. You know, they did a very similar thing for Force Awakens. Where, yeah, do you remember the video that began with the clapper, the slate? Yeah, and it was like and, started and, with the classic, like the yeah. original movies, and led. It does seem like it's something that celebrated the generation, all the generations of Jurassic throughout, like the films, and really built. And that's what this movie is building on. You know, it's bringing the original trilogy back. It's bringing Dotson back. It's bringing all these elements from the original film in the original trilogy, and it's really tying them together into Jurassic World. It's really this cross generational yeah. uh, film. So it does sound like something that could be released publicly um, or could have a variant that's created for public consumption. I mean, it just it just seems like it was something that we shouldn't have read. Like, it's something that we shouldn't have known about yet. Um, if we were going to hear about it, it definitely shouldn't have been, like, our first real description of character-based footage of the film. No, I definitely think it sounds like the kind of footage that should be released, um, it just sounds like something perfect and i think i speculated in the video maybe it should be something that universal release in cinemas again for for another movie for an upcoming universal movie instead of showing the imax footage again sorry they could show that featurette and hype people up yeah build some more momentum and it would give people an opportunity to see the footage and see more of it 
Um, and yeah, I don't know. There's lots of um, there's lots of there's just so much. I, I, I mean, really I really, I really do want to see it. I do want to see it. I do feel like it's almost too early for us to see it from the way that they described it. It sounds like it has a lot of footage from the first two acts of the film. Um, so it does sound like it might be a little bit early to see that, to be honest with you. Um, I mean, as a fan, I'd love to see it, but then on the flip side, I can appreciate that less is more. And typically I want to see a little bit less and explore more of it, like for the first time in theaters. So it, it's, for sure, yeah. It, yeah. it's Jurassic is one of those that for me, like I can't, I, I guess we all like as running outposts and things like that. We kind of have to watch the trailers mm-hmm. and we have to see it. And we, in people, other, other movies that I'm really excited for, I don't do that. I don't watch trailers, teasers. I go and see the movie raw. People uh, write in and, and tell us things like a lot, like, oh, I worked on this film and here's the thing, blah, blah, blah. So, like, we knew that the Dilophosaurus was in the movie and we have been under, operating under the assumption that it will be a closely kept secret. We thought that that would be something that people would not know until the movie was out, to be honest with you. We're like, there's no way this is going to go in the trailers. This is a secret. Let's keep, you know, very hush on this, everything like that. And then the CinemaCon footage came out. We're like, what the hell? Um, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, we're like, why would they put that in the trailers? Like, yeah. I started like, seeing tweets, people talking about the Dilophosaurus and was like, oh no. It's yeah. like, it's like they, they ruined it. They ruined so, the reveal. As that, a, could, they, that should have been in, in the first trailer or something. Or just, everybody got to see it once. Or just nobody sees it and it's just not known. I think that I would, I would have preferred if they would have kept that secret. Um, especially cause like some of the other things that I thought would be a surprise, like the new Parasaur Locust design just you know came out on random merchandise i'm like oh, what is it? like where are the surprises yeah i think so yeah um it's interesting but uh there I, you know there's one person that's very happy it's the uh, twitter account for the dilophosaurus uh, uh, needs love that guy <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i mean he might as well just close the account now he got his love he, and uh, dominion's going to be the, full the love is coming um but <laughs> complaints about how it was revealed publicly aside i'm excited to see i really cannot wait to see the dilophosaurus in motion like i really cannot wait to see an emotion as you mentioned you'd heard that um not only you had heard that it's full animatronic that you also heard about the colors yeah so apparently the colors are are very much uh as uh, if i remember correctly inspired very close to the original but slightly different so the frill if i I, I, I should have brought the script for that video in but uh if i remember it was like more yellowy on the crest yeah instead of it being black on the crest it's like colored on the crests and i think the frill was like less patterned is what you said like patterned and colorful but still and like the one thing that you had mentioned is how it's like didn't have any black stripes on it that's right yeah it um, was more. It was like the original Jurassic one, but less colorful. Uh, more, I guess, more muted in a way, more blended and muted. Um. So I will be interested to see if it's like that. I'm also very curious if there might be variants in the movie, like maybe the classic. Well, who's that's the thing. Who's is it? Yeah. Well, I mean, from. I, okay, so here's a tough question because it's hard to get specifics on this. The Dilophosaurus, the real life Dilophosaurus, didn't look or act like that. Right, it didn't have a, th- a frill. No, it did not have a so, frill, and, the, and it didn't. It also didn't spit. That was and, speculation. Yeah. And it also so, is about like twenty-two feet long. Yeah. So in <laughs> in the Jurassic world, it is that. <sighs> I'm assuming it's a tough one. Like, how does the because it changed so much? Obviously, we know like the Spinosaurus changed, but that can be attributed to well, they made Spinosaurus with 
you know, mixing with well, other DNA, but... I think that even if they didn't mix it with DNA, they just might have had impure DNA. I think it's pretty easy to think that this is a genetic anomaly created by, you know, cloning. And that's why it's smaller, and that's why it's different. Um, and I'm assuming, I'm assuming that what we're seeing in Dominion, from what they described, is going to be engine-style Ophisaurus, because apparently it looks basically the same with some minor color changes. And uh, if it was like... That's what I was going to say. If another company was going to make it with more up-to-date, you know, I th- Ophisaurus DNA and more of it, it probably wouldn't have... It would probably be big. It would probably have that really, like, that sort of notched jaw that Dilophosaurus has. Like, I think it would just be quite different looking. I think they would really um, lean into the differences of the real-world Dilo there. So, yeah, I think that we're going to see a Jurassic Park Dilophosaurus, just a color variant of it, which is a shame because from what you were describing before, uh, what I was hoping is if they were going to do a color variant, they would tap into the old concept art um, for the Dilophosaurus, where they had like a lot of the spots and speckling, and they're really colorful. Um, but it does not sound like that's happening. Um, but no, maybe but there'll be variants. You know, people have wanted to see this dinosaur since the first one. Well, They've probably done their best to make it look the same. I guess. Not very similar. I just don't know why they would change the color. I genuinely do not know why they would change the colors of one of the most iconic dinosaur designs. No, but like, then I guess if, if from what we see with Mattel and the references that they get for dinosaurs... Yeah, do they, they even know the real colors? With, <laughs> it's like... Say again? I said, do they even know the real colors? Or do no, they think that they got it I, right? <laughs> It doesn't seem like Universal know the real colors, and they they they're sunlight. like we were looking at the maquettes of the JP3 female raptor, and that does not look like what's on screen. No, it's completely different. And like it's the same type, but the patterns are all different. But and if you that new plushie and the raptor the raptor Mattel toy that's coming up is clearly based on that maquette. Yeah, and exactly. The maquette is not does not represent what was in the final movie. So it's very interesting. I wonder if for this new Dilophosaurus, they were just working with what they were given maquette-wise. And- you would just think that the artist there would go, hey, I know what this thing looks like, and I, it just, it, it's one of those things where... Maybe watch the original movie yeah, and take a little look. Just look at the, <laughs> look at the behind-the-scenes images, but unfortunately, as we know, when Jurassic Park was made, that was at a time where, like, th- before 3D renders were made for, like, style guides and whatnot, so a lot of times what ended up in the style guides were concept arts, concept art and um, maquettes. And as we know, the maquettes varied both in sculptural and in paint design, like the JP3 female raptors. And if you follow Jurassic World's merchandising, guess what you always get images of on merch, even? The maquettes. And then if you watch, if you look at the colors of the stuff that they always try to recreate, guess what it's based off of? The maquettes. The Amber Collection uh, JP3 Pteranodon. Is it a little too dark for the film? Is the pattern a little different for the film? Absolutely. But you know what it is spot on for? The maquette. It's like it, they just don't ever use the film references because the film references are basically screenshots or doing what you really should do is going to Stan Winston School looking at all the behind-the-scenes stuff. But they don't do yeah. that. They use the maquettes because that's what's nicely packaged in the style guide. And it's what's provided it's by It's what's them provided by in the style guide. I would love to get in there and uh, rework that style guide. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Very bad, very badly, <laughs> very badly would like to get some uh, accuracy. Yeah. So maybe the Dilophosaurus is supposed to be the original Dilophosaurus or, you know, it's kin. I, it's next of kin. I like to imagine that maybe this one's going to be like a male Dilophosaurus and the females are the ones that we see in Jurassic Park. And But yeah, I, I mean, it might be sexual dimorphism for the Dilophosaurus and that like maybe the variant is the male and the one that we saw in Jurassic Park is a female. Although typically with... um. It does sound like the Jurassic Park one has a more colorful and vibrant display, um, which typically you see with the males of the species. 
but it could well to be fair colors on the crest are more colorful so even if the patterning is less distinct maybe there's more color on this one mm. um but it'll be interesting to see how it's used anyway and that footage yeah sounds really good um little little disappointed with the the sort of way it was revealed shouldn't have been described in explicit detail like that i Dude. personally don't care that it was for, for people behind the scenes that's what CinemaCon is mm -hmm. it's not about that it's about the fact that it was uh, kind of detailed and very explicit yeah I'm not ruined so I'm sorry I'm not fans. traveling to Las Vegas just to see 30 seconds of footage <laughs> no <laughs> well actually 90 seconds 90 first. I'm sorry I'm sorry but that's just not in our budget still um, not worth it <laughs> um, but I do want to so I do have a question for you do you think the shot of the Dilophosaurus that they showed in the footage do you think it was uh, animatronic or do you think it was CGI we know that they have an animatronic for the Dilophosaurus but do you think that that footage was an animatronic or do you think it was CGI personally I think it's going to be the same story as Fallen Kingdom where they had animatronics for everything but they kind of VFX over everything too and, and they enhance the animatronics but I just don't to think any company is at the same level that Stan Winston was and if you could only imagine what Stan Winston could do now well I think like I think that's one of Stan Winston's talents was I'm there are plenty of artists out there that are very talented and able to do these things I think what Stan Winston's greatest talent was to negotiate with the studio and to sell a studio on taking the risk on his effects, getting enough prep time, having enough time with the director, having enough time with the cinematographer to figure it out. I think one of Stan Winston's greatest talents was being able to work with all these different people and to make it actually happen. Because it's not like the artists out there aren't as capable. They're definitely as capable. I think what's happening is they're not giving them the opportunities. And I think that's where Stan Winston really shined as somebody that could basically work with the studio, work with the producers, and then find a way to make it work and get it on screen and make it look brilliant i think that that i mean beyond his own artistic abilities i think one of his greatest abilities was able to navigate that political sphere that oftentimes circulates these things that cost money and make that's it very true and he had the the sort of you know everybody knew him he had the talent he yeah proved himself time and time again in a world pre mostly pre-vfx uh, to the point where they people would listen to it. Yeah, studios would listen. They he knew it would he pay could off. he could navigate the studio. He would hear their feedback and find a way to sell them on an idea or find a way to work it. And I think that that was probably one of his best talents. Is he knew how to navigate that political money influence, time and budget influence sphere of the studio and the director and the producer and the cinematographer. And he just, I think that honestly, that might be one of the things that they're missing is they need somebody that can really bring that all to the table and kind of juggle that all. Um, yeah. Because I think plenty of these artists, you look at their individual work, you're like, damn, that's good. But they're not oftentimes able to put that in the movie. And I think it comes down to a lot of times just the studio going, oh, this seems really risky. You need a, how much prep time? You need to do what yeah. for that? And I think not having somebody like Stan to convince them to roll the dice, um, I think that that's what we're, I think is what we're really missing. Which you know we're missing Stan. Yeah, and it's sad, man. I would have loved to see another Jurassic with him, especially because he was talking about Jurassic Park four for so long and how excited he was. He often was interviewed about it and he was like i can't wait i'm just waiting on a well, script <laughs> exactly and i think that he would have really found a good way to hybridize cgi and animatronics i think he would have seen the value and merit in it i bet you we would have got full-bodied uh animatronics that are like walking on screen 
but like using like CGI to like bring out like to remove the machinery and stuff like that, so you can have like a full-bodied walking animatronic. Yeah, I think that we would uh. we could have had like raptors running in the field, but they're like animatronic raptors running in the field because they're like on like a little goat cart or something. And can I you think- just imagine at a certain point, you know, Jurassic Park four in two thousand five, if it had actually made that deadline with Stan. I yeah I just it would have gone I mean because JP3's Raptors alone was so much they looked along. so good they looked the legs that John Rosengrant wore to to walk up behind uh, Udesky on the ground but I think incredible I think we could have got to a point where it no longer had to be a person in a suit that it, they could have had rigs that kind of held these things that yes when you film it in camera there's stuff in there that shouldn't be there but that's where you CGI to then remove it yeah. where everything that's on camera you don't need to replace any of the texture to the skin you just got to remove the things that are like behind it holding it from the other side and i think Ugh. we could have got some cool things and i mean that's why if you look at the um rewinding back to the atrociraptor renders notice that they're in a different posture than the jurassic park velociraptors they're a little bit more spread out it's because the jurassic park velociraptors were originally designed the way they are so a dude in the suit crouched over could fit inside of it so now they're they're designed to look a little less like like they're not designed around the constraints of having the dude curled up into a ball inside of a suit to run it. So that's one of the reasons why these new Raptors have a different silhouette. It's also probably to differentiate them, but there's a practical reason for some of these things as well. So on a different note, Jurassic world has a, you could call it a shortage of video games. There are video games, but there is a shortage of there's a shortage, know, AAA titles. Yeah, there's a shortage of quality video games. Um, <laughs> yes, I'm just going to come out and say it. There's a shortage you, of quality video games. You had the opportunity a good few months ago now to play Jurassic, the Oculus Quest mm-hmm. 2 game, Jurassic World Aftermath, and Part 2 has been announced, launching on the Quest platform on September 30th. Cool. And this should be a wrap-up to the story that you played, which, mm-hmm. funnily enough spoke about Parthenogenesis. Parthenogenesis. In fact, that was like that was the big the climactic reveal of Jurassic World Aftermath Part 1 is that blue was specifically designed uh, for Parthenogenesis, which is a form of asexual reproduction where an animal can <laughs> The opposite of the lysine contingency. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's where an animal can reproduce without a mate. Um, and it just creates a genetic clone of themselves. Um, yeah. so I think that that's really interesting. That's how the Scorpius Rex in uh, Jurassic World Camp Cretaceous reproduced and created a second Scorpius Rex. Um, what's actually interesting, though, is there's a color variation between those two, and they should have been identical, but maybe it's an age thing. Um, but anyhow, yeah, anyhow, yeah. So that was the big reveal of part one, and then you're still on the island, and you're waiting for Wu to send in a rescue team uh, supported by Mills. Basically, it was like, what do you need to get? I think he asks for blue, which we obviously know that you're not going to succeed in getting blue off the island, but maybe you get like a sample of blue's DNA or something like that. And maybe then that leads to the Indoraptor's creation. Um, but So it says here, part two sends you sneaking through brand new locations, including the private office of Dr. Wu, an underground facility hidden far from the public's prying eyes. That's interesting. Yeah. So I wonder if... That links to E750. See, I would love if they would tie it into some stuff that we've seen in Camp Cretaceous, but the problem is, is like, unless Jurassic World Aftermath Part 1 ties up the story of these velociraptors that got left in the facility, it's sort of like, where are these wild raptors during Camp Cretaceous? Um, you know, it would have been really cool if Camp Cretaceous had some wild raptors that were the raptors from Aftermath. Um but we'll see. There's just been, like, a weird thing where all of these different side, um, these, like, kind of canon side stories 
they introduce canon elements that are obviously important to like the main media but they don't have any intersection of their own created elements so it's like it doesn't really feel connected it feels like they're all like sub canon that's built to connect to an element like parthenogenesis or um you know whatever camp cretaceous might be building for but like camp cretaceous doesn't mention you know the trodon from live tour or like the program that the trodon was tied to and this doesn't mention that it's like man i would like to see these there would be a little bit more interconnectivity between all these side stories but uh so it it would be be cool it would be cool if it does tie to e750 and the scorpius but i'm not holding my breath but that would be damn cool but the fact that it is talking about secret under, underground facility and stuff, we know from Camp Cretaceous that the, the E750 did originate and was kept mm-hmm. underground. And I think Wu's lab, where he does those video logs, that appears to be underground yeah. too. Uh, so, God, I mean, why not at this point? It's not hard. The season's been out for so long. The, you know, it, it should it should tie in, really. It should. Um, but then again, we also know that Jurassic World Evolution 2 doesn't have any uh, Camp Cretaceous dinosaurs in it. So True. it just doesn't seem like, even though we're being told it's all canon, it's all connected, it doesn't seem like the studio is treating it as, like, main core content. Otherwise, Evolution 2 would have been provided these dinosaurs because they're like, oh, well, we're not doing the cartoon, we're doing the movies. It's like, yeah, but they're supposed to be the same thing. You know what I mean? They're supposed to all be Yeah, so together, if there yeah. were dinosaurs, especially some of the dinosaurs that are in Evolution are in Camp Cretaceous, they just get different designs, like the uh, Oranosaurus. Um, so it's like... Now use the canon design that was introduced in Camp Cretaceous, not your own design. It just—it doesn't seem like they know that that's a thing. Or apparently, the Scorpius Rex won't be in the game. It's like, well, why not? You're going to have hybrids already. Just put the Scorpius in. Dump it in. There. Yeah, maybe they're saving it for a DLC. Maybe, though, but know, buy Camp Cretaceous the DLC. Maybe, but it also just sounds like they weren't really cued in. Like they weren't they like weren't prepped for it. You know, there's a screenshot from Aftermath 2. I'm not sure. I think, was it just raptors in part one? Uh, there were Dilophosaurs in part one as well. And Compies. Okay. Um, and then they're like Pteranodons perched on. Like, I don't think you interacted with them, but they're sometimes like Pteranodons. Well, in part two, there's two screenshots that show the T-Rex. Mm-hmm. Rexy with her scars. Uh, it's such an interesting art style, this game. I don't like and, it. <laughs> uh, and uh, the uh, Triceratops. Oh, interesting. I'm not sure if I actually even saw that. I, where is that at? Is it the Triceratops? See, I'm so confused. There's so many dinosaurs that have been introduced that look like the Triceratops. Oh. And I'm not... A, I rely on Chris for my dinosaurs. That, that is a Triceratops. Dino, but... Yeah, I didn't, I didn't see these screenshots. Yes, yes, I did it. How do you not know if that's a Triceratops? <laughs> well, you I, know what? I, to be fair... I immediately said Triceratops, and then I saw the horn, the, the cu- additional horns around the edge of the... You know, yeah, that's thing. The Triceratops has them. Yeah, but then I was thinking, hang on, I know that there's loads of dinosaurs that have been introduced in both the Mattel lines that we've gone through and in, you know, Camp Cretaceous and other things. I'm like, hang on. Well, I, the this, only thing I will one say, one of those other species now that I'm. The only thing I will say is it's like basically got the Cynoceratops's colors, which is weird. It's like the it's like the Triceratops given the color of the Cynoceratops, and it's like, huh, curious choice. Hmm. They played it's fast and loose green. with the colors of the Raptors. Because they're supposed to be a unique strain of raptor, but it also seems like they're just sort of doing whatever they want with everything. Yeah, I think the game, though, I guess it's like, it's, you know, it's it's a unique art style. I don't think it needs to be fully accurate. It's, uh, is it gunning to be canon? I don't know. I mean, they definitely... It's a game. It can be whatever it wants. I guess. Yeah, I don't know. It... I've got thoughts about Aftermath. It was a very polished experience, and 
it was enjoyable for what it was, but it also felt like it should have never been a VR game. It was too small. Um, there's a lot of... It just sort of felt like a gimmick. It felt like, uh, like oh, here, you're finally getting that core game, except for it doesn't really feel like it's core. Like, they were just trying to jump on a VR gimmick, and it didn't, the design of the game, basically, unless you have really wide-open spaces in your house, it's very hard to play. Um... So ultimately, if you're playing it without moving around, you're probably going to get... I don't get motion sick from, like, anything, and I got motion sick as hell playing this game because it, there was no... It just wasn't designed smartly. Like, for a VR game, it's a cool concept, but it's almost impossible to play in 99% of home environments. Um, and it was very simple. It was well-polished, but simple. This is just not the type of game that should have been VR. Also, if you're playing VR, the whole idea is virtual reality, why isn't it the art style realistic? This is like the perfect opportunity to send you directly into Jurassic Park and really interact with these realistic looking dinosaurs. But instead you get something very style. It just, I don't know. There is such a disconnect between what this game is and what it should have been and what people wanted that it just felt like it was designed for a gimmick and like barely anybody has an Oculus, so nobody's going to play it. It's just, I want a triple A gaming experience that's actually like, I want them to treat Jurassic, like they treat Star Wars and everything else that actually gets these quality high-budget titles with really good mainstream developers. CodeSync is like a mobile developer. No offense yeah. to them, they did I'm... a decent job with the game, but it's very limited in its scope, primarily due to its format. So, there's a new trademark that you discovered called Primal Ops. Primal Ops. I'm pretty much 99% sure that it's another freaking mobile game. However, it could be something else it could be something else um the fact that they have a trademark i suppose is interesting because i'm not sure if they've uh... aftermath was trademarked yeah aftermath was trademarked um so it's probably not sure if jurassic world alive was. i mean it probably is not like it kind of has to be right but i'm not sure if it was something that we discovered what, what was it alive jurassic world alive i think it was um but the fact that i mean it's weird i don't think jurassic world evolution was trademarked Let's trademark. <laughs> um, <laughs> Let's get it for us. Uh, but Primal Op sounds interesting. Again, not. Ugh. I. It's probably a mobile game. The description not, reads like every other you game we currently have for Jurassic. You can't really judge too much from the trademarks of like what type of title it's going to be, because they cover so much. They're very broad in their terminology and very non-specific at the same time. So it's just sort of like uh, what we can glean from it is it, it's some sort of game. It is some sort of electronic gaming experience. Um, <laughs> it's a video game of sorts on any platform we don't know yet and it, but it, it hopefully it is that triple a title but primal ops to be fair on its own doesn't even sound like a triple a title it sounds like a mobile it game. does it sounds honestly i mean it, it's got a cool ring to it it feels very jurassic park it reminds me of like the jp3 era of Definitely. games of like some primal ops, yeah dino defenders <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah um but it's a cool name i think that the name makes a lot of sense for when you look at um where Fallen Kingdom ended with dinosaurs getting free all over the United States, what you see in Evolution 2 where, like, you're playing, like, the uh, fishing game commission, like, rounding up dinosaurs. Like, Primal Ops almost sounds like you could be, like, the team of people sent to, like, wrangle and, like, ra you know, you know, get these dinosaurs and take care of dinosaur infestations and whatnot. I don't know. Um, but it could be something mainstream. I'm not holding my breath, but I would love for it to be, like, a proper adventure survival platformer game um what we did here for next year we also heard that there is a camp cretaceous uh video game coming out that's uh 
all we know is the genre is puzzle adventure. Um, puzzles like you know solving. I guess trespasser would be puzzle. Um, no. Yeah. Come on. Puzzle adventure. Trespasser is more open world. I would no. I would class JP the game as a puzzle game. JP the game. Jurassic Park the game. Telltale. Mm, yeah, I guess that's a puzzle. When game. people say. Telltale make puzzle. Well, when people say puzzle adventure, a lot of times they're referring to things like uh, Tomb Raider and whatnot, where like you're kind of left, you're in these environments where you have to solve things. So there is some sort of Camp Cretaceous puzzle adventure coming out um, for next year. I doubt. See, wouldn't that work better as an open world, like open world in the Camp Cretaceous style? On you, blah, you play as you play as the kids. Perhaps. I mean, I don't know. That, That would be a fun game for Camp Cretaceous fans. Puzzle Adventure, is, it could be really good if it is more Tomb Raider, if it is um, more Uncharted, if it is more... I mean, Alien Isolation has a lot of puzzle solving in it. Um, so, yeah, but it's, it's, it's just not what we want. Well, maybe. We don't want I don't, Camp Cretaceous. Exactly, game. but I want, it to, yeah, I want it to be core, not like a cartoony game, which I love Camp Cretaceous, but I would love to see a more re- realistic... Uh, I would like to see... I would like to play a video game through, like, the the eyes of maybe characters that have a little bit more to offer in terms of, like, their paleontologists, their scientists, their vets, their people with experience and clout and know-how that could also provide some really awesome, interesting uh, narrative experiences. I mean, imagine a fully open-world Jurassic World game that begins when the park is fully operational begins with a disaster and you're one of the staff members in-gen workers mercenaries whatever it is somewhere off-site you hear about this breakdown coming down you hear about the indominus rex is now out you hear about all these guests that need to be evacuated to safety and the game starts there and it's step by step by step and then it continues once everybody's evacuated the game continues you're you're now on this island you're one of the last people left you know and yeah maybe you do maybe they can blend that with the jurassic world survivor game that was i guess ultimately canceled yeah it went through uh, had two, two spans of development and we we found and posted some some artwork and some uh, renders from that game unfortunately it doesn't seem like that game will ever be made but that was supposed to be a uh, open world adventure now, on new block here comes my unpopular opinion i don't necessarily want a full open world game I'd rather a more tighter curated experience, something more like Tomb Raider, something more like uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, um, which is more like that tomb. Like, it's semi-open world. Like, you have those hub areas with these sort of open environments, multiple branching, like, areas that you can explore and paths. So each, like, section is sort of open and interconnecting, but it's not entirely, we're not talking, like, one of those just wide open worlds. I'd rather, I think Jurassic would be better with some tighter game design that's quasi-open hub area so not entirely open world but more We're talking more last of us yeah more curated hub areas and like open adventure but also that, that a narrative works. path and i would yeah. still classify that as an open world because it's something like alien isolation or last of us where you it, you, it feels like you could walk and just walk forever but you can't for real. yeah i yeah i'd rather something tighter like that um the point is you're you're going from a to b but i think um i still would love a trespasser style video game where it is open world. I just give us Isla Nublar, Isla Sauna, and let us fully explore them however way we I, want. Like I just want to be able to walk and drive and hike around this island. I think that you and can discover get, things for myself. I think you can that get would, that with semi open world though, to be fair. I think that you can yeah, have and Trespasser you know wasn't I mean. entirely open. You didn't have the island completely to the expanse of like any direction you wanted to go. Like there were paths it, it did have limitations, so I yeah. think that something like that, where there's hub areas, and each hub area represents larger swaths of the island, 
but you can't just necessarily walk from any direction to end up anywhere. You can't just like walk over any mountain. There's certain curated paths that are larger, but also more curated. I think that would be a lot of fun. Honestly, I feel like they should do a spiritual remake of Trespasser. Not like an entire one-to-one remake, um, but I think uh, taking the concepts of Trespasser, modernizing them, creating a new game based off that idea could be a lot of fun. And just call it Trespasser. Jurassic World Trespasser. I mean, and it doesn't have to be exactly the same, but Trespasser does a tried and true thing. And it doesn't have to be first person. It could be third, um, because I think Jurassic works best with some more adventure platforming, you know, climbing and jumping, because Jurassic has that adventure feel, and I think that would be a lot of fun in these environments to, like, you know, swing from a tree down to, you know, kind of build into the more mo- build mobility as a big part of the game. That way you're just not shooting dinosaurs. It's more about figuring out how to unlock gear that can make you more mobile and figure out how to, like, you know, work your way through environments and maybe block off certain paths and... I don't know. But you would want to shoot a dinosaur in the face, wouldn't you? I, you know, honestly, I don't find dinosaur shooting games very fun. Dinosaurs. See, I'd like to take a shotgun, walk right up to a dinosaur, and blast. I mean, dinosaur face. hunting games are fun. What I don't find fun are are games designed like a first person shooter where dinosaurs just run at you and you shoot them. They're just the feedback loop isn't there for gameplay. So you don't want to blast a dinosaur in the face with a gun, uh, unless it was a, and see its uh, brains and guts go everywhere. Unless it was a hunting game, nah. Um, okay. <laughs> if it was like a trophy hunting game, there could be some merit to that. But yeah, no, just dinosaurs aren't fun because no, they don't okay, shoot okay. back. They don't take cover. They just sort of run at you like... Dilophosaurus shoots back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess that one. But yeah, I don't know. <laughs> no, but Chris, talk to me about Evolution 2. Come first on. Talk to me about that. You know. Evolution 2, um, they showed off a trailer. It looked pretty cool. It looked like Jurassic World Evolution in new environments with some... Very some new customization options. Uh, the more they show about the game, the more it seems like the meta game has changed. Uh, it remains to be seen. There's a lot of gameplay footage coming out. Um, I'm on one now that was uploaded about an hour ago, and the guys in Canada. So our speculation there, when we were looking through the first trailer and we were talking about this, looks like Canada. Yeah, I think it was supposed to be exactly Canada, and uh, yeah, no, I think it, it looks like just. It's still, to me, it looks like Evolution 1.5. They did a game... Yeah, yeah, no, I'm totally there with you. Um, They did a game demo, and but maybe when we play the game, we'll go, wow, this does, the feedback loop in the game is very different. Because like, the big issue I had was, how do you progress? Do the missions feel repetitive? Does building feel a little pointless? Everything like that. After you played enough Evolution, it felt very repetitive, and a lot of your actions just didn't matter and didn't have a good feedback loop. So if they address that, even though it looks the same, it may feel very different. Um, which is what really matters. Yes. Um, yes. So, but anyhow, they opened it up. They're showing like you're the U.S. like fish uh, park and game commission or whatever. You're like rank. You have like a little dinosaur outpost, and then you get a call, and they're like, "Oh, a wild dinosaur was spotted near you." So you take the ranger team, and you're looking through like I guess there's like animals that are killed, and you're like tracking like their scat and stuff like that. And then eventually the allosaurus burst out of the trees. Then you bring in the helicopter, and you chase down the allosaurus, and you trank it. Seems like it's loosely based off of um, the Dominion footage where they trank down the T-Rex. In fact, before Dominion was delayed, would not surprise me if that mission was actually the T-Rex. It was going to be that scene from the movie, and they reworked it. But then they capture it, and they bring it into their park and their facility, and it's sort of like, oh, it's like more of like nature preserves, but also it has the element of like, but we bring in guests, and we have like, 
you know, it's more like a Jurassic Worldy park. Um, so it's not canon. So it was kind of what we speculated. You set up Jurassic World style parks in new environments, in new environments, world, which is used as a way to you, to kind of keep the dinosaurs safe from outside threats. Poaching, you both breed. Like that. You both breed your own dinosaurs, um, as well as capture wild dinosaurs. I think there are things like comp, like people notice compies are running through the grass in some of the footage of just like in the background. Mm-hmm. So there's like wild dinosaurs that come into play, and I'm imagining that will be some of like the mission hazards. Will be like, watch out, uh, you know, a wild allosaurus is in your area, and your guests are at danger. Go, tr- go find it, and before it finds you, or something like that. And I imagine we'll see story structure like that. Um, and they're, they're introducing, you know, Tranodons are more of a fully-fledged animals that can break out and interact with your dinosaurs and your guests now. And by interact, I mean attack. Um, there's a, yeah, we have the Mosasaurus tank, yeah. which is great. And there's you can recreate the, the infamous Jurassic World scene, and, you know, where it jumps out the water. There are quite a few other marine reptiles. I think Ichthyosaurus is one of them. Plesiosaurus is one of them. And that's one that may or may not have a... Dim- do you want to jump it? Do we jump into that right now? We can jump into that for sure. So the Plesiosaurus is one that may or may not have a Dominion tie. It's been long rumored as one of the dinosaurs in Dominion, and in fact one of the rumors have said that it's designed designed to sort of look like an anaconda, like its head. And the Plesiosaurus in Jurassic World Dominion very much looks like an anaconda. However, I'd be hesitant to say that that's exactly the same thing because that rumor of its Dominion design might have come from somebody seeing the game design. So here's where the hitch. Here's the hitch. Um, a few years ago, the Jurassic World miniature war game that still is not out yet, uh, all their dinosaurs are based off of designs from the movie. Was that the Mondo? Was that Mondo? No, it's not Mondo. It's a French company. Um, okay. Do you remember that Mondo game yeah, that never came yeah, out? Yeah, they canceled it. Um, but, uh, so a few years ago, this, there's this miniature game that's still coming out. It was crowdsourced. It was on GoFundMe and whatnot. And one of their stretch goals was a plesiosaurus, which is weird because it's the only dinosaur in that game that's not from the films. Um, so it started speculation that they messed up, that the plesiosaurus is in Dominion and that they accidentally included that there. Um, flash forward even more recently, the Jurassic World cookbook that's coming out next April, um, it's, uh, it has these, see, I know, but it does look awesome. I'm really looking forward to it. It has these species <laughs> profiles, um, these species profiles in, in the preview of the book that we've seen, the species profiles use a render of the image and it talks about canon information. Every species that's mentioned in that cookbook is from Jurassic World, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, or Dominion. The only one that's like, it has like iguanodon fritters or something like that. And we know that that's in Dominion. Um, but then it's got right. a creature spotlight plesiosaurus. So you go, okay, all the other creature spotlights are dinosaurs. They're definitely in the film, definitely got renders, everything like that. So that's a pretty big smoking gun. On the flip side, you look at that and go, well, why would they put that out right now? Um, then the miniature war game, they removed the images of the plesiosaurus and they said it's under Dominion embargo. But now here's where the hitch comes. We heard that the plesiosaurus was in Dominion, but cut from the film um, earlier in development. So I don't know if it's been cut or not. The thing is, is uh, Evolution 2 does not have any of the Dominion designs. All the Dominion dinosaurs and designs are actually not in Evolution 2. They'll come out in DLC, I guess, down the line. But that even comes down to the fact that they're still using the Evolution 1 design for the Allosaurus. They're not even using the Battle of Big Rock design 
of the Allosaurus for um, Evolution 2 because it's technically a Dominion design. So the question is, is if the Pleasy... In, in any new species that's never been in Evolution that's in Dominion is not in Evolution yet. You know, they're holding them back. You know, there's no Trociraptors, there's no whatever. Um, so the question is, is why would they have the Plesiosaurus in the game? Why would they be allowed to put the Plesiosaurus in the game if all these other species are being held back or their designs aren't re representative of their Dominion designs? Why would the Plesiosaurus be the Dominion design? Do you know what I'm saying? That's where it sort of breaks down where you go, well, this doesn't make sense because either Frontier really screwed up and they accidentally kept the Plesiosaurus in the game and used the Dominion design. Or the design rumors came directly from Frontier's design, and people just assumed it was the Dominion design. Or it was the Dominion design, but then the the dinosaur, uh, the marine reptile got cut from the film, and then they just kept the design. I guess we'll have to wait and see, but all I know is it's a bit confusing. But it's a very unique design. I don't know if you... It, it, I mean, it very much does. The head looks like an anaconda. Yeah, I mean, so here's the thing. I... I'm looking at. It does look like an anaconda. Um, I, <laughs> I'm looking at the the trailer, the pre-order trailer, and again, I know it's alpha footage from the game, but it still does not look improved over Evolution I, One, and that's not a criticism because Evolution One looks really good for a simulator. I think it's a great game, and I think it looks good too. I just, you know, if you freeze frame on some of it. Like you freeze frame on the Mosasaur jumping out the water and it looks like a PS2 era graphics. And again, people will misconstrue that for me just being negative, but I'm sorry. It's I kind of speaks can't to say it looks like PS2 or do you mean PS3 or PS2? PS2 era. Look look at the when the Mosasaur breaks out the water. Towards no. The trailer, you pause it. It looks low res. Low no, 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 no. It I'm doesn't. Sure maybe that's just because it's super fast that it's happening, but I... it does not look like a 2.0 version I, of it doesn't look like a second run of this game i agree that it doesn't look like a proper sequel but at the same time even the trees in the background man i mean they just look like the sim city type well i mean this is a simulation game you know i i, no, I okay it, i mean i am looking at the mosasaur jumping out it doesn't look great but it doesn't look <laughs> ps2 era but it definitely doesn't look great um what you, what would you say? PS3 era? I mean, it just it depends on. I can't tell how large this asset is and how close we're supposed to get to it. But I will say that the dinosaurs in Evolution One look better than that Mosasaur, um, for sure. Like you can get close up on the dinosaurs in uh, Evolution. Come on, you're telling me. I'll send you a picture. No, yeah, yeah. I'm looking at. I just freeze framed it on those teeth, and those teeth are pretty. Uh, they remind what they remind me is PS2 era. Um, visuals then turned into cg you know what i mean like where they're polished up and turned into like a pre-rendered just look at that look at that i just sent you that looks like a ps2 era mosasaurus render it looks like something out of warpath or something <laughs> which is ps1 God. <laughs> um, that doesn't look great no it doesn't look great but i wouldn't say it looks ps2 overall you got to take in consideration that's just one asset that you're super zoomed into and this is like a simulation game that you're supposed to see from like more of a far I would say it looks pretty decent. The real question is is what the density is going to be, what the draw distance on, like how much grass is going to pop up on screen and how far does it draw on the screen. Because if they really keep these populations dense and the draw distance pretty far, uh, the real thing that I'm not seeing is like advanced lighting techniques. I, 
Yeah, it all looks very flat, yeah. which might be contributing to why it doesn't look like that the... much of an upgrade of a game. Main Street, so I know that you can do a lot more customization with buildings and Main Street, and it's all going to be very exciting, but still, it does not look too good well, to me in the trailer. It looks like Evolution 1.5. The one, okay, so I've, I've noticed two things. They seem to struggle with transparency textures, so like all the Pteranodons, their wings, um, all the flying reptiles, their wings look very solid and blocky. They don't look like soft tissue. They don't have. They don't seem to have any light transparency, and they also just don't seem to have any softness to them. They seem very blocky in the way that they animate. And then the other thing that I'm noticing is none of them have fino fibers. So the dimorphodons don't, and you can see that in this trailer. They're flying through completely. Yeah, bald. and so I, I makes me wonder with Dominion adding feathered dinosaurs, is that an engine limitation? Are we going like? Are they? Can they not? do like so, like hair like texture like obviously planet zoo can planet zoo has plenty of hairy animals but this is its own unique cut of the, that engine and we don't know where, what exactly they did to make it unique so like does it struggle with like hair and feather and whatnot because it almost seems like it might does it struggle with transparencies um i don't know that makes me a little bit worried for when the eventual dominion update comes out and how they're going to handle feathered animals yeah, or if they're going to yeah. just avoid having feathered animals altogether. But um it'll be interesting none. I do like I, I'm sure I'm sure this is I mean it says in the trailer it's all alpha footage. Yeah. They they seem to be on a crunch even though you know Well, they probably had to quickly re redo the entire game and remove all the dominion references, remove all the dominion designs. Uh seems like they're on a bit of a Probably crunch. remove all and the Biosyn style. Like they probably had a ton of new Biosyn um buildings and whatnot and, and now yeah, they had to quickly yeah, like vehicles. they had to probably go crap we have to use our jurassic world one vehicles and buildings and whatnot. they should have they should have delayed the game if, if that was the case they should have delayed the game to come out alongside the but film in my opinion what i will say is the new dinosaur designs look really nice in this one um if flying reptiles look nice the uh the marine reptiles look nice the animations look a little like they look a little bit more naturalistic this time i'm see i'm seeing evolution like kind of uh, behavior patterns that seem very natural the question is is how repetitive it is is it and how natural is it really like does it look that way or will it feel a lot more like a simulator like will it be a little less predictable because i, I think the game overall the light my big hold up is i don't think the visuals are that bad but i do think the lighting looks a little flat um so if we however that is challenged by the very end two shots the T-Rex roaring in what looks like some sort of auditorium, uh, you know, outdoor yeah. uh, thing. And then it cuts to the wide and boom. Yeah, so... Jurassic Park. San Diego. San Diego. Peter Ludlow's own Jurassic Park. Yeah, and that's from, uh, what is it? What's the name of the game mode that they announced? There's a game mode that takes you through, like, like different key moments from all the eras of all the films. I do love that you can see in the background of that shot, you can see San Diego. You can see the city. Yeah, no, th these environments... And it's a T-Rex, and it's very exciting to think that we might be able to take that T-Rex to portions of the city. Yeah. I doubt it, but that would be fun, right? I mean, these <laughs> environments look good. The sky, like I would say that the city in the background is just a skybox. I don't think that's anything that we can interact with, but I think that that's a really cool skybox. And it does make you wonder, like, when Dominion comes out, what will their story DLC be? Will we get these more curated experiences where we get to interact with dinosaurs in more public spaces? Because it seems like this is building towards that. Um, but yeah, Jurassic Park San Diego, see seeing that there is so cool. And honestly, 
that environment visually looks pretty hot like it looks nice yeah those two shots the lowdown you know it's 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 golden hour at yeah. sunset well, it looks fantastic well, and also come on giving us jurassic park san diego is so dope that's such a cool i never expected to... that but even if no if you look at it and this kind of goes why i was giving the mosasaurus a pass is really look at how many like look at the trees look at the the bushes on the ground look at the density i mean you got to figure there's a lot of there's a lot of objects drawn on the screen at once so when you're zoom this is where the game looks yeah. very improved though. or like Th- this is it yeah or like the shot of like when there are the two brachiosaurs walking on the left side of the screen the aviaries are to the right it's like kind of this green this green scape that's next to like an ocean or something like that all the trees are very dense the grass seems to be drawn in pretty far the bushes seem to be drawn in pretty far so it's got we know that the trees and everything are going to be moving with the wind. The grass is going to be moving with the wind. Hopefully, I think there's new uh, weather patterns like snow. Um, so I think that the game is, I think the game is going to look good on a TV. The real question is, is just how is it going to play? How how much does it differ from Jurassic World Evolution? Because my biggest complaint is all the buildings were were building basically Jurassic World, the exact Jurassic World park just the new environments and i would have liked to see a completely new aesthetic it's very cool that we can build those jurassic world one buildings like the innovation center but i would prefer there to be something much more like north american parks you know park and wildlife service type of like i would prefer this to have its own aesthetic um yeah and some some buildings do appear to be like that that we see kind of u.s fish and wildlife services the gameplay they definitely look slightly different and it seems like you can do a lot more with aviaries and a lot more oh yeah there's a lot boulders that you place on the ground you can rotate them in different ways i think there's going to be a lot more customization that is something people were asking for after for sure my big thing is uh playing i'm less interested in that stuff if it doesn't do anything one thing I will give Jurassic World, the game, the little mobile game, uh, some credit for is like building things like statues and fountains give you perks. Like it makes your guests happy. It gives you like little bonuses. So it would be cool if they find a way like, hey, a well-designed environment not only makes your guests happy and like pays you off, makes your dinosaurs happy. It influences behaviors more than just like, oh, you've got 70% planes and 30% forest. Like if little things like a, no, like totally. a well aesthetically well-designed environment if the AI can kind of read that and like it can benefit your gameplay. That that's something that I would like cuz that would make me more interested in doing it because otherwise it's just for me and I kind of like I like personally I like a feedback loop in the gameplay that for that to benefit. But that's me. I know other people's mileage may vary and a lot of I'm happy that they have the, the options there but I would like those customizations options just to play into the gameplay itself. So Chris, I have a question for you. Yes. And these were submitted through Twitter. What aspect of Dominion are you looking forward to the most? Um, the return of the original cat, uh, you know, getting Ellie and Grant together. Uh, I think most of all, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, Malcolm as well, but I think more so Ellie and Grant, uh, especially Dr. Grant, um, especially Ellie as well. But like, just, I don't know. There's, I really want to see Dr. Grant. I want to see Dr. Grant deliver one of his lines. You know what I mean? Like his sort of mm-hmm. like, I'm not a doomsday guy, but I don't know about this. You know what I mean? Like I just, I, <laughs> I, I just want a Dr. Grant 
delivered line. And uh, I really look forward. There's a lot that has changed in the Jurassic World universe. There's a lot more happening with dinosaurs. And I feel like learning about that and seeing that through the lens of Dr. Grant is going to be very, very exciting. I think that he's going to have a lot to offer us narratively uh, and find a cool way to interact with the plot. So, yeah, I am absolutely... I, th- I think I'm the same. I think it's original cast members from the first few movies. And... Uh, obviously, the, uh, what I'm most looking forward to is the is the return of Paul Kirby. Who, <laughs> who, oh, oh no, wait, <laughs> that's a secret. No, I yeah. The could could, you, could members, you imagine? <laughs> I'd be so happy. <laughs> uh, Dilophosaurus as well is obviously something I, I'm really keen to see. I'm not as uh, well, not as excited as obviously the as that siren as the uh, Jurassic World. Uh, sorry, the Dilophosaurus needs love account. I'm not as excited I mean, as him. who who is? But, <laughs> no one not even the filmmakers themselves uh there's another question here from the mark degler um the jurassic park slash world films have had their fair share of excellent actors writers directors composers visual and practical effects talents outside of the franchise what are some of your favorite performances films or tv shows they've worked on oh man that's so outside of jurassic what are some of my pretty much anybody that's been in it or worked on it What's your favorite external thing? So I'll go. I, I know one. Phil Tippett's Mad God is something that I have uh, funded a little bit on Kickstarter for a good few years now. It's something he's been working on. And he, I, th- I believe he's finally released all three. Um, they are incredible pieces of work. And if you... I mean, he's been sharing some of his older work. And he even shared that piece of animation that he did, stop motion, pre-Jurassic Park, with the dinosaurs in the jungle. Did you see that? No. I forgot, but it was cool. Oh my god, it was insane. I, I think I retweeted it. It was uh, pretty brutal. It was like him showing dinosaurs, prehistoric creatures, dinosaurs in the forests, in jungles, all stop motion. Very, uh, very cool. I think Phil Tippett's work is some of my favorite stuff that, to look at outside of Jurassic. Uh, likewise, you know, if we look at Sam Neill, the film he did, uh, Hunt for the Wilderness. Oh, damn, that's what I was going to go for there. That's one of my... Uh, I win, I win. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that's really good. Um, shameless. Oh, Paul sh- Kirby's Shameless. <laughs> it is so funny when you think about... So funny. Not as good as the British version, but the British version might be something you need to be British and be aware of Britain. <laughs> be aware of Britain. I've never heard of it. Um... Shameless. Um, no, I'm trying to think of some of the other uh, good options here. I'm. It's so weird. I'm. I'm having like a, a bit of a brain freeze right now. Well, I don't know if you know, um, but Steven Spielberg's done a couple of other movies uh, other than Jurassic who? Park. Uh, he, he was the director of the first two. Oh, not bad. Director for hire kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's done some good stuff. Uh, Colin Trevorrow, Safety Not Guaranteed, probably the best film he's ever yeah, made. Yeah, Safety is actually a genuinely very good movie. I really enjoy that. I'm trying to think of like you know, you know, I really like Bryce Dallas Howard's episode of episodes of The Mandalorian. Oh, I have not seen them. Um, I've seen her. The I don't she was necessarily in. think oh. they were the best episodes of The Mandalorian, but I think that she's a pretty good director, and I'm going to be watching her directing career like pretty closely because I think that there's a lot. There's a lot I of promise. She seems to really consider story and character motivations uh, very seriously, and I like that. She really does seem when she talks about she's following in good footsteps. And as when well. she talks about Jurassic, I'm like, damn, she gets it. 
Uh, you know what I mean? Like she's she's not yeah. like, oh, there's a lot of action explosions. Oh, it's gonna be cool as hell. She talks about the complexities of it, and I'm like, oh, you get it. You get what Jurassic is. So um, I would love to see. You no, know, I even find. Sorry, I was gonna ahead. say if they do a Jurassic TV show, I'd love if she had some uh, input on directing an episode or two. Yeah, that would that would make sense. Um, I also like looking at people like uh, t- uh, what's his name? Oh my god, what's his name? John Bell. If you go through artists that worked mm-hmm. on the original trilogy, look at their websites and their portfolios, you start to discover new artwork from other films that you've seen or yeah. haven't seen, and it really it kind of go down the rabbit hole and see some really exciting. You realize stuff. how Same influential with- um, a lot of these guys are. Truly, truly. This morning I watched um, the movies that made us, the Jurassic Park episode, which I've been meaning to watch. And they focus on uh, Steve Spaz Williams, which, uh, you know, everybody who's a who's a big fan kind of has heard that name before. But it's interesting to see how he really influenced the original movie and how he was kind of the, the guy that, you know, went behind everybody's back and created a piece of animation showing the full T-Rex mm-hmm. kind of turning turning the boat and realizing that oh we can actually do this he did the right thing kinda, he did the right thing it was kind of him and it's funny like going down these these little hot little stories with these people and being like wow they we owe a lot to him yeah i mean modern day cinema i mean it would have happened eventually but i'm not sure if it would have happened as so explosively so successfully if unless you yeah. had somebody like steve spaz williams yeah. going screw it i'm doing this i mean you, <laughs> go, you look at stan back. winston's pedigree we were talking about stan winston earlier but stan winston's another person that i think i just could go on and on about everything that he's worked on um there's so many actors and it's like weird because like a lot of my favorite Jura- you know outside of jurassic some of these actors, I like them in, like, very obscure things. Like, not necessarily their big popular ones. Um, actually, this is really funny. I just watched uh, Freaky last night with Vince Vaughn. Oh, that's so good. Um, and it was really fun. Really violent. Great really movie. violent. But uh, yeah. I-, I like seeing Vince Vaughn do things like that. Um, he's a good actor. He's a very good actor. And, and the girl from Paranormal Activity 4. Ah, did not know that. There you go. <laughs> the more you know. No, Vince Vaughn. I always love seeing Vince Vaughn in stuff. I really do. He's a great actor. And it's funny because he hasn't done did, many serious roles. Did you... So seeing him in things like The Lost World is always great. He plays it so and... well. He plays mm-hmm. he plays that character so well. Um, Did you notice in Freaky that there's a Jurassic Park arcade machine that's like very much on camera in a few shots? Oh. When, when they're in the arcade and they're all talking and whatnot, the literal, like, they're talking with their backs turned to the Jurassic Park arcade machine. You catch it from a few different... Uh, the Raw thrill was, Thrills one. Uh, you oh, catch it from it. a few Also, that games. Raw Thrills one is so fun. It is. That's it's not great... as good as the Lost World, though. No, no. Lost World. They should have had the Lost World arcade game. That would have been <laughs> the very choice. Um, okay, there is another question here from the man himself. The man who asked the greatest question we have ever had on a podcast about the, oh, are the RVs and how the hell did they get <laughs> Yaroslav asks, which director would you like to see helm a future Jurassic film slash TV show? My pick would be Ron Howard and John McTiernan as a runner-up. I believe he's out of jail now. <laughs> so, uh, interesting. I wouldn't pick Ron Howard purely because I find... I like Ron Howard. I think he makes great movies, but I find it very, like, by-the-book movies. Not really any unique style. Uh, I would go for somebody like the guy see i i I always we've discussed this a few times on previous podcasts and i always tend to go for directors of of horrors because i'd like to see them tackle it but we could talk about maybe john krasinski because that would be a perfect 
you look at Quiet Place, if you replace the monsters in the Quiet Place with Velociraptors, you have a Jurassic Park movie. Yeah. Um. So interest interesting note for Ron Howard. I think Ron Howard would be a great pick if he had a TV show and he was the showrunner. So not necessarily directing the episodes, but sort of overseeing it from like a higher position. I think that Ron Howard could play a really good role as a showrunner, sort of just the way um. Oh shoot! What the hell is his name? Who showruns uh the Mandalorian? How the hell am I forgetting his name? He directed the Lion King. <laughs> How the hell am I? Fr- I'm like having a crazy jump for yeah. Kind of in a similar position. <laughs> I don't know what was going on there, but in a similar position as him, um, I think that Charlie Brooker from Black Mirror. Oh my God! Yeah, that he's would be bleak and realistic written, and horrible. Written most of Black Mirror's episodes, directed quite a few of them. But what I think is really interesting is he does a very techno thriller like storytelling, where it's like science gone wrong. Uh, each Black Mirror episode has very compelling characters with really compelling character arcs. It's got a really interesting use of subtle realistic humor um and it's also got a weird sense of uh playfulness at times and i think that those are all the elements um between they're very crichton-esque and they're very spielbergian in a sense and i'm not necessarily sure that i think not every episode of black mirror that he's worked on is bleak but they're all very smartly executed um and i think that his his concept with the way that he works with characters works into that techno thriller science gone wrong story um having a very complex and deep story working your way through this adventure and then the way that he works with humor i think that he could be a very good fit for jurassic i mean i don't think he would do it exactly like black mirror but i think he'd be a very good fit for jurassic he would be my number one pick especially if you had him in a leadership position on like a jurassic tv show i think that he would be my number one pick i think he knows how to do it and jurassic needs to be character driven and it needs to be fun, and I think, and it needs to be smart, and I think that Black Mirror manages to do all those things: fun, character-driven, and smart. Black Mirror is definitely all of that and more. And he is such a smart writer. If he applied himself to the Jurassic franchise, I feel like we could come up with something very Crichton, very Crichton-y. very serious, very dark, very bleak, but very Jurassic. Ultimately. I don't know if I would call um, Jurassic bleak. I mean, I think that even Black Mirror episodes, outside of a few horrible ones. Um, which are good, they are which bleak. they're bleak, but they're bleak oftentimes in a playful way, and I think that translates very well. Like they're fun to watch; they're not they're not a drag to watch. Um, only a few episodes leave you just feeling horrible afterwards. Um, yeah, the video gamer episode. Um, yeah, but I think God. I think <laughs> what a horrible end. Uh, exactly, I don't think that a, I don't think he would make a Jurassic thing so bleak, but I think that he would work with very similar concepts of science technology greed all gone wrong and i think i think with him we'd get into the nitty-gritty of the realism that would come from that yeah it wouldn't just be you I, know, I, I think if yeah, yeah. i think he would introduce it would just be more realistic i think if it what's his name charlie brooker charlie brooker yeah i think it, that yeah. he would reintroduce something that's been missing for from jurassic for a while and um i think he'd be i think that the way that jurassic world uh where we're left with jurassic world now i think that he'd be a great person to pick up with all these options of story for like where's engine what's happened what's going on with bios and i think he'd be able to pick up this really expansive world where dinosaurs are out out there now and there's so much happening i think he'd be able to create some really compelling but stick to the characters stick, stick to the characters in this widely expansive now this now widely expansive wor- world so i have have you ever seen the movies blue ruin and green room uh green room i've seen i didn't know that okay so blue ruin is the one that came before it they're not 
linked. I think it was originally supposed to be. I always assumed it was Blue Ruin, Green Room, Red something. He, uh, he never did the red film. But uh, director is a guy called Jeremy Solnia. Um, he is one based on Blue Ruin and Green Room. The tension in those movies is something that it, Jurassic needs somebody to build some tension. And he would be a great pick. Those are two of my favorite. Now, would movies, you have I him think. show run on like if it were a show? Or do you think that he'd be more of like a good director for an episode or two? And you might want somebody more Spielberg. I'd rather him for a movie. Okay. See, definitely a movie. That is how I would go with it. Um, just purely because he's only done a, a handful of movies, and those movies I really like. I think he would be great. The other one is Alex Garland. Now, if you've seen Ex yes. Machina, that movie has so many nods to Jurassic. Oh, absolutely. Not just in the concept of the story, but just actual nods, like the helicopter flying mm-hmm. over the over the over the valleys. Like just there's just so many little nods that you're like that's Jurassic. He likes Jurassic Park. <laughs> um, I think he would Alex be great. Garland. I didn't like Annihilation, but that's because I think I was so into the books and it was so soon and it, it was a very, very weird uh, version of the books on screen. It was his interpretation. I mean, if you've read the books, you'll understand that nobody would interpret it the same. So it makes sense. I didn't read. I didn't, the, like that I movie, didn't read but, the books, so I like the movie. Um, I, but I and love the movie is great Ex the way Machina. it builds up. I loved Ex Machina. Yeah. yeah, no, I think that he is a great pick. I think that, again, he handles that techno-thriller, that sort of science-y aspect that's character-driven uh, really well. He gets it, man. He, I mean, he was... He, he even... He wrote 28 Days Later. Yeah. And that's a that's a great movie it, and a great script. I think he would be Ironically, it never came into fruition, but he wrote a uh, Halo movie script back in the day. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, he, he would play with that well, I think. Um, and... And For unfortunately, sure. that movie never came. I think Spielberg was tied to that, um, not to direct, but to produce. Um, and ultimately, Spielberg's tied to everything. Yeah, I know do. Spielberg really does <laughs> he produces everything. He, it's like sometimes you like look at his pedigree and you're like, how the hell does he do all this stuff? But yeah, I remember <laughs> yeah. like. So the 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 final director I would love to see is David Robert Mitchell, who mm. directed my probably my favorite horror film, It Follows favorite modern interesting interesting that's your favorite um i I just feel i remember watching it follows and just it it nothing in it applies to jurassic it's a purebred horror but the way it builds tension the way it plays it's a very slow kind of horror um and then it when it when it needs to be it is throws it in your face i just could see that working very well for a Jurassic movie. The, the kind of Jurassic movie that I would like to see a bit more horror-y, gritty, realistic. I think if he, if they, post-Jurassic World, if they kind of go for slightly lower budget, off-breed, spin-off movies um, that exist in the world of Jurassic World, then uh, I think directors like him, why not? So you mean, do a couple so you're of- talking more of like smaller budget movies that maybe each set their own identity. So there might be a movie that's like a little bit more adventure. There might be a movie that's more of like mystery there might be one that's a little bit more yes. horror like it's all set in the world it's all set in the certain constraints but like jurassic films in theory have all tried to retain the similar tone now i'm not necessarily saying that they've managed that but they've all tried it uh, they've <laughs> all kingdom. tried to you know kind of be like a adventure adventure movie it's it's a an adventure movie with like a with same. some thriller elements but you would like to see more of us and some science yeah there, you'd like yeah. to see a smaller movie that maybe leans more heavily into the thriller aspect than i think that's more so than jurassic after, after jurassic world 3 i think they should do a series of small movies do you think tv like would be better for this movies though? 
like almost like an episode and then i think but i think they should do a tv series that continues the dominion plot so i think there should be a tv series that stays dominiony and fills dominiony and carries on the jurassic world franchise and then i think they should let directors do some i guess you call them spin-off movies that just exist in the world and have a horror movie have a more like you said more adventure one just let directors put their take on it and some of them might work. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I always feel like TV might be the good spot to uh, experiment with that. So instead of it being a full budget movie that needs to like perform on its own, you might have an episode or two that's like very horror driven and very tense of like a series. And I think TV people tend to take like accept more serious driven TV. In fact, we see most of the successful TV these days being these more sort of like. I mean, they're larger-than-life stories that are very fantastical, like Game of Thrones, but it also takes itself pretty seriously. And uh, even, I'd say, Mandalorian takes itself more seriously than some of the mainline Star Wars films. So I think that, like... That could be a way to explain Yeah, I think that TV could be be adventure-driven, but there could be individual episodes that are really freaking scary and, like, really tense and sort of horrific without pushing it into, like, rated R bounds. Um, You know? Yeah, and I think that's what I'd like to see. I... It... I would like an R-rated Jurassic, but I just want to see some more adult themes. I want to see some more tension. I want to see more adult themes. Like, I don't necessarily believe that that needs to happen with an, like, I don't think the R ratings needed. I think that you could very easily keep it within the constraints of, like, TV or, like, PG-13, and I I just want it to take itself a little bit more seriously. You know what I mean? And take... I think we can all agree on that, for sure. After the Jurassic World trilogy, the Jurassic World tri- not to criticize it in any any way, but it, it has really been geared towards a slightly younger audience, and that's fine. But it didn't take into account that the, most of the people that grew up with the first trilogy are now adults themselves. So, like, they could have played with some well, more you themes. And also, also got to figure if kids you like the original the themes back too, in the at least. If kids, kids understood and liked the deeper themes of the original, so sometimes there is exactly, there is an yeah, underestim- it, underestimation of audiences by studios. I think. That's it. If you watch the first two Jurassic Parks, they, it's surprising they are PGs. Uh, well, they're like, not PGs here. They're PG-13. PG-13, yeah. okay. But it, do you have PG in America? Yeah, we have PG. So you have PG and you have PG-13? Yeah, yeah we have G, we have G okay. PG, PG-13, and then R. Interesting. Okay, yeah. I always always confuses me. It's very different to what I grew up with. But uh, they were always PG in the UK. They were just parental guidance, and then there was 12, and then they introduced 12A. So it's, you got to be 12, but you can have an adult with you. Slightly more. Uh, and then 15, and then 18. Oh, 18 was what I imagine your NC-17 Probably, is. yeah. Um, yeah, that's basically nothing comes out that rating. Um, no. Oh, there's loads no, of 18. Well, no, no, nothing <laughs> mainstream, nothing like film. No, no, nowadays as well. But yeah, I think we can all agree. It'd be nice to have some more adult themes in a Jurassic. And I think either a, a more mature TV show or a spin-off movie or something like that would come. I just, I'd love to see a Jurassic Park movie titled Jurassic Park something. No, yeah, I not not Jurassic Park for this or that. Just Jurassic Park. It name. would be cool to get a Jurassic Park movie or show or something like that. And obviously, it can continue certain concepts that are introduced in Jurassic World. But it would be cool if it was set prior to Jurassic World era. So we can kind of revisit the Jurassic Park aesthetic, um, Jurassic Park story loops, and find a way to maybe tie it to the modern Jurassic World era in a way that it all kind of uh, plays together. But ultimately, what I would like it to be is, no matter what happens, all I really want is to be smart, script-driven, story-driven, character-driven. I just want 
I just yes. want an experience, whether it's super gritty and serious, or it can be a little bit more adventuresque and playful, but what I want it to be is it just kind of take itself and the world seriously and sort of constrain itself to the rules that were set out in Jurassic Park, um, which I don't think Fallen Kingdom did, you know, with things like Owen being overtaken by Pyroclastic Flow and the fight scenes. Like, I just, it, it was all a little bridge, <laughs> a bridge too far for me, and I would like to maybe dial it back to... What for what made Jurassic Park so appealing to me is it oftentimes felt like it could have been in our own world. It kind of played by the real world rules. If in our real world you can clone dinosaurs, and listen, it's not perfect. You have a lot of creative freedom to experiment with that. But what's important is it feels like it's possible. And Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom started feeling a little bit more larger than life. Yeah, no, I think we can agree on that. Um, Chris, it's been nice speaking with you. It's we uh. Oh, we missed the six. We, yeah, he well, I don't. I guess I don't know what happened to him. Yeah, <laughs> but <laughs> he was supposed to nice be here. With you. <laughs> yeah, he was. He was, but he wasn't. Um, but it's okay. We talked about CinemaCon. We talked about that Dilophosaurus. We talked about Aftermath. Overall, about I do want to leave it with one more quick question. Are you overall positive about where things are heading and what's coming next? Like whether or not Evolution Two looks more like Evolution One Point Five. Are you excited for it? For Evolution 2, I am. Uh, I, Return to Jurassic Park made me love yeah, Evolution 1. Totally there with you. And I think the Evolution 2 looks great. Uh, you know, I have my, my thoughts on it, but ultimately it looks like a great I'm game and everything that everybody's saying about it sounds great. I'm excited so to get my hands on it. Uh, I don't think that they're necessarily doing the best job of showing how it's new other than the environments, but I'm excited to get my hands on it because it sounds like it might be a good time. Um, and I'm very interested to explore the narrative, even though the narrative is not going to be canon. I'm still going to be very intrigued by it, how they tie the post Fallen Kingdom themes into a sub canon story. Um, so, yeah, I'm yes. excited for that. Um, I'm excited for I'm excited to finally see a trailer for Jurassic World Dominion. The CinemaCon footage has a lot of promise. Uh, I don't think they should have done it that way. It sounded really good. Yeah. That it sound that whole featurette sounded like a really good thing. That hopefully is something. I'm I'm hoping that nearer the release, it's something Universal either put in theaters or they use to promote the movie online. I'm sure that we'll see a variation of that cut uh, for promotion at some point. Maybe not the exact same cut, but a variation of it um, for public consumption eventually. But that sounds like it's going to be. A it while. just it sounds like the way it played. It does sound like it's something that is meant to be seen by the public, not just the CinemaCon audience. Just the way it was setting everything yeah. up um and all those interviews with the cast members and colin it, it sounds like it wasn't just for CinemaCon. it wasn't just a sizzle reel of footage it was more so i think we will see that at some point in time or like you said a variation of that an updated version or cut down or something yeah um but i'm i'm excited i mean you know any listener of the pod who has continued to listen knows that my thoughts on dominion and after the first two I, ah, my hopes aren't high but it is looking very promising and I think there will be a lot of good. I think it is the movie. When Colin says it's the movie he's been wanting to make, I think he's true in that. I think he's. we've reached a point where they've proved themselves technically to the studios, right? And they can do what they want in this one. And I think it will feel more Jurassic. And I think just seeing Sam Neill, Laura Dern, Jeff Goldblum on screen properly in, in locations, environments that aren't courtrooms, I think will really... Make it feel Jurassic again. Yeah. Um, 
Totally, and I'm excited to see how they interact with the new cast. And honestly, I think that I could really end up enjoying the new cast because I just always felt like the reason why I didn't quite love Owen and whatnot is because he just didn't have the right type of characters to bounce off of. And I think with the original cast, whether or not it's the original cast or not, the roles that they are filling is exactly what I felt like has been missing. So I think it's going to be really... in. Owen now is filling a very crucial type of role to juxtapose against the original cast, and I'm excited for that. So... Yeah, I'm excited for the new cast members too, the Wonder Woman. Yes, um, who we heard might be leading the franchise post-Dominion. Yeah. So. so we will see. So there's a lot to come. There's a lot to look forward to. As always, head to JurassicOutpost.com to check out the latest news. And if you're listening to this on YouTube, click on the channel. There's some new videos, both on Camp Cretaceous and that Dominion footage that you can check out. And uh, I guess until next time. Hey, thank hopefully you for it'll be soon. And a one-liner. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs>